Successful cultivation in the greenhouse. That's something a lot of people need. And look at that picture of a beautiful greenhouse behind you, Mr. Andy Lopez, our invisible gardener, and he's invisible again. There nothing to eat there. There's nothing to eat there. I just noticed that. What are you eating in this greenhouse, man? It's like this is exactly what This is exactly <laughs> what you should not be doing with a greenhouse. I mean, a greenhouse that should be like tomatoes and you know vegetables and right all that stuff should be going you, you can go year round in the greenhouse anyway hi everybody so i uh those of you that have been following me i have a little surprise for you today that i've been trying to do this for a long time i haven't even told He's like, what what I, I didn't hear you andy what'd you say I, I didn't say anything i said nothing i said i said i'm gonna do this uh, uh let's just do this right away so that we can go out to the do the greenhouse thing because I, okay. I tried to figure it out let me see okay so okay here's the window okay there's my window i'm going to bring this one up this is what i wanted to show you guys okay so can you see this or is this a different window um i'm see seeing this? a small one on the right hand side andy so it's not showing that this particular one so i have it's to it's showing yeah, me a, your, your screen and a PDF. Okay, yes. Yeah, just hang on a second because I think it's a different screen now. Let me just open up uh, open up this one now and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there it is. See, I'm learning. How's that? Perfect right? organic blend. Yeah, so this is what I was telling you guys uh, before. This is a PDF file that was given to me. I can't say by my master, but he's one of the leaders in this field at that time mm -hmm. was talking about bricks and how to use a refractometer. And he gave this to me. He says, please give this away anytime you want to uh, share the information. There's a bunch of stuff in the back, how you can contact him. Uh, how, he tells you about some of the refractometers that he's using. But I thought I would go show you this real fast because it's really an amazing piece of work. And by the way, you know, uh, anybody can get this free from me. And I haven't quite figured out the, quite the way yet how to do it. But the easiest way would be to email me. See, the problem with email, I was telling Ken, I got 39,000 emails yesterday, okay? 39,842 emails came to andylopezinvisiblegardener.com. Okay, that's oh, really, that's ridiculous, okay? That's like, what? What is going on? At 99% of my junk, right? Yeah. They're all like penis enlargement things. Hey, what is, you know, it's like really, You don't really need strange. any help, Andy. It's, it's weird. It's so weird. And then, you know, they, and anyway, so I, I'm, I'm happy to pass this. This is 1994, okay, by Rex Harris, okay? And it, it, I'm happy to pass this on to you guys because this is like, once you get, once you, you, you get this book, the, the refractometer will, uh, it, it's so much, remember I told you about poor, average, good, and excellent? There's Paige yeah. explains it to you. So this is a great book to learn how to use a refractometer with. Cool. Explains, explains how to use it. See, you know, it's really, really cool, really easy. But there's, there's a really, and it has a lot of information about it here, which I'm not going to go over with you, but what, I do want to show you one of the best parts about this book, right? The best part. And by the way, Harry Reams is the guy I was talking about that I met him a long time ago. And he's really into soft rock phosphate. See, soft rock phosphate. Yeah. And that's amazing. It's amazing uh, rock dust. And it's, it's very important for plants. And we can go over that sometime, anytime you want to. Uh, but, but let me show you this. So this is the best part of the of this um, ebook here is that because, it, it, for example, we're under vegetables, they have the poor, average, and good, and excellent. See, right, Randy? And then it tells yeah. you what the bricks level should be, like for an asparagus, for example. See? Right. So asparagus, poor would be two, average should be four, good. This is a, the this is the measuring the bricks level, that line with the black and the white yeah. meat, that's the bricks level. Okay, it's excellent. Eight is excellent. So they, they cover vegetables, and you have to understand that this is like 
you can have a hundred people do this, they're gonna get slightly different readings. Yeah. Uh, and it makes I beg your pardon. I, you talk doggy. Hey, Ken, I didn't know you say something. Oh, hey, everyone. Uh, it's, it's because the cat is just coming down. As you can see, the, the tail wagging in front of my face here. <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was your beer, man. And it also does, <laughs> one of the good things about this, it also covers fruits. You have apples. I, I remember I was talking about somebody who had, let's see if I can find, I'm, I'm looking for a um, lemon. There is a lemon, right? So here. Okay. Here's a four. Here's here's a reading for lemons. Four is poor. Six is average. Eight is good. Twelve is excellent. Well, my my uh, excellent is really in the twenties, twenty three. Okay. So you know, so so again, these are slightly different. Uh, and also, so when he did when he did these, uh, it's, it's something that people will find out later. Where you live in the world, what time of uh, what time of the year you do it will affect your readings as well yeah yeah see so that's that's one of the things you, you have to learn about these readings but the the, the chart is excellent and it covers and it has it has more of them uh, it covers cool. bananas and mang mangoes and the uh, the uh, the level he where it says disease free somebody had asked at what level would they be disease free so an apple if they're at level a bricks level 16 they would be disease free sweet Right, pretty cool. And they didn't—he didn't put it in here because he didn't quite, you know, know what to say about broccoli. What level would the broccoli be disease-free? You know. But I, yeah. my my experience would be is that if you're in the excellent level, you're going to be you're going to you're never totally 100% disease-free because there's other conditions can can happen. For example, the diseases can be spread by other plants next to you. Yeah. Right. And if you have more than one asparagus, one more, like we have several different apple trees, some of them could be weaker than the other ones. They're all not going to be identical bricks readings, right? So if you have, like for example, corn, you can test one corn for bricks, the year of corn for bricks, and then the one right next to it, not even a foot away, you can test and it will have an entirely different bricks reading. You go, what the heck happened there? Mm -hmm. Right? So they're all going to be a little different. You can't say this is the same for all of them. They're all like human beings. They all have a slightly different thing going on with them, whether or not, you know, there's something genetically wrong with them or the condition of the soil that they're in is it's wrong or there's just maybe they got damaged somehow. There are lots of different things. that. But the, if you want this, so if you want this book, Happiness, Happiness Runs in a Circular Motion, We Freestyle Life, man. Yes, man. He <laughs> sounds very Rasta-like. Smash the like button. Are you a roster dude? That's like me freestyle life, man. Yeah, I'm on. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. So if you want this, all you have to do, and, then, and this is not, it's not so hard to do. I mean, it's just, just a few things. So you go up to the website, you do the inquiry form. In the inquiry form, I, I made this inquiry form special because it goes from my website to me. And it bypasses all the junk email, goes right into a box. <laughs> Okay. Seriously, right into your box. Yeah, yeah. And I and I know that this is a real person. So all you have to do is say hi and, and inquire for him. You you fill out your name and stuff, and you you hit the return button, and it goes right back to me. But in there, you say, "Here's my email. Email me this PDF form." I, yeah. I saw it on, and you should say whether it be in the bio, it's, it's the biology, or where you see it on my podcast, or where you see it be resubmitted because. My shows, I don't know about you, Kemp, but I also send it to iHeart, I send it to iTunes, I send it to 30 or 40 other places as well. iTunes is up there on the It's on the Spotify, for example. The podcast is there. So you so you should have to say where you heard it from, which is kind of cool. I just came up with this. I just heard yep. you on Spotify or heard you on YouTube. Uh, and say it's the biology or whether it's uh, – it's my show, OMG, Wanda Jeans. What is that, man? What is going on with the Wanda Jeans? Wanda Jeans. Oh my Garden. God, Wanda Jeans Garden. And she's saying hello to us, Andy. Oh, cool. I've, I haven't heard of you before, Lady. Is this a lady? Anyway, so uh, that's, that's the easiest way you're going to get this, uh, this file. And it's amazing. You can see all the stuff it has in here. Uh, and yeah. and you, once you, you learn and, and, you can start your own. What I would do is I would basically start my own uh, chart 
Uh, let me show you one more thing that, that, that okay. I want to show you. I'm going to stop sharing. I'm going to do one more. Actually, I got a couple of them. I finally, and I really enjoy it. Jane is not a lady. No, man. No, yes, man. Okay. No okay. problem, man. No <laughs> problem, man. No, yes, man. Okay. So let me let me see if I do this right because I may, I may not um, okay. be able to do it right. Okay. So if, the problem is if I open this up, I think it, 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 goes, it goes to a different screen, doesn't it? Yeah, right yeah. now in the back end, Andy, I'm seeing your your uh, screen with your PDF and and four files. Right, right. So did you do you see this? Did, did, oh, the, it didn't come up. It didn't bring up a new window, did it? You only no. see the files. Right. Okay. No problem. So this these two things here are the same thing. This was a particular one that I did for roses. I did one. I did. I like doing these charts myself. I think they're really cool. Well, you got right. bricks and pests we can can see. Right, right, bricks and pests. Right. So, so I did that one in terms of of relating the 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 bricks level to the percentage of, of pest free the the plant would be. So the higher, okay. so I basically made it real simple. It doesn't make any difference the plant or the fruit or whatever. If your bricks is in the twenties, then you're going to have ninety nine percent less pests. 18 to 20, 75 percent. So this is what I rigged up myself. Okay, so, yeah. so you, if you're down to zero to eight, you know you're going to have the percentage of, of pest-free. This is pest-free, so so 99 percent pest-free as opposed to zero percent pest-free. We basically mean forget it. You're right? going to be in trouble. Your plant's, <laughs> your plant's dying there, right? But uh, I'm serious, and this is an open-end offer because I know that 10 years from now, when I'm 85, some lady, somebody's going to Dear Mr. Lopez, I just saw your YouTube video, and you said, yeah. you said you will send me this free PDF file. Here's my email, and I and I would go, oh, cool. This is very possible. So this is not something that, that I think I could do like forever. I, I just thought about this. So, as a matter of fact, never mind. Don't don't we, don't. Andy, we can actually figure out how to put this on as a PDF on your website. Yeah. So people can just go there and download it themselves instead of having to directly contact you. I think I that would ask, be the better okay. option. That's a great idea. I'm going to ask my webmaster how do I do that. Yeah. Because I could, I could post it on the blog, say, here's the PDF process, click on the damn thing, open it up, there you go. Exactly. So I should be able to store that up there. So for, yep. for now, that's just I've told you that. Go ahead and send me email. Uh, you don't send me email. Go to the website. You say, look, if you send me email, I won't get it. I just simply will not get it. I have, I'm having. I think I might be changing. Well, I had to. This would be my second time I had to change my email because the first time I would get like fifty thousand emails, and I was my name it was Andy at InvisibleGardener.com was being sold on the black market, and I don't know why, but people, you know, and I still get junk emails from those guys. It's it's ridiculous. Anyway, if you do that, go to to go to the inquiry form. Uh, actually, if you get the newsletter, that's also another way. I might be able to attach it to the newsletter. You click on it and get it. Yep. So I'll, I have to figure out a way for you to get that file. For now, the easiest way is go to inquiry form, say, I want the damn file, send it to me now. I'm not going to wait, and I'll email you and return back. I want the file, Andy. Give me the file. <laughs> so Let's go on with the with the greenhouse. By the way, this yeah. greenhouse, right? It's not what I would do in my greenhouse. I, I would starve to death, and I could not eat it. The reason why you want, want a greenhouse is what you want to grow food year round. You want to be able to grow your own food. Nowadays, what's going on? You know, you, it's better to grow your own food anytime, any day, anytime. I was talking to somebody just today. You say, well, "What is it you're eating?" at seventy-five. So, well, I go out to the garden. I like to in the past. I, I always had a garden, and so I yeah. ate eighty-five percent. I believe in eighty-five percent raw food. The rest of it is cooked, one way or the other. Whether it's meat, whether it's you know vegetables, whatever other things I would cook, eighty-five percent. That means I would go to the garden, munch, 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 and yeah. that would be. And I admit that's the main thing. I also main. I realized it's talking to you. I use the terminology that, gee, I've been going into the garden and getting the biology into my body. Duh. That's mm -hmm. the main thing I've been missing. That's why my stomach is really upset because I don't have the. When you buy stuff from the store, you don't get any biology, right? You don't get anything so sterilized and clean and washed a billion times. 
Yeah. So the, just today, I was picking a leaf, and I looked underneath, a little bit of dirt, of sores on there. Yeah! I was, oh, yeah! Right. <laughs> they go on. Good biology. You know what I mean? And, and I feel much better. And because I hate, I hate going to the store and buying like a little tiny bag of lettuce. You have to eat the whole thing because you leave it for a few days. They, 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 they rot. Oh, it's I, yeah, it's already moldy and. I miss that. What did you say? I can't read that fast. What was the last one? Uh, silly Lily says, "I want a greenhouse. I'd be growing year-round for sure." Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. When I lived in uh, Boulder, Colorado, right. I, you see, I'm a very tricky, sneaky guy. So what I did was you never a, stayed up there in the winter time. Is the tricky, sneaky guy? Oh, and no, like, I, Mo I, here is from Jamaica, by the way. Oh yeah, man. thank I, you very much, I, Mo. I I knew that. It was I I figured that. Yeah, that's why I was just saying yes, man. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. First time I was there in Boulder, I went to the uh, University of Colorado. Also, I went to Naropa. Okay. And. Uh, uh, I had a renting a house with a heated pool, so I said, "Oh, heated pool! A oh, greenhouse would be very good here." So <laughs> literally, so it had screen in. It was screen in, right? Screen in like that with a heated pool. So I just covered it with uh, clear plastic so that the heated pool would generate its own little heat in there. It would yeah, have a, little, yeah. a couple of different heat lights, and I, I had two my vegetables in there. It was my, my vegetable garden. And then I then I started to uh, I figured out what I wanted to do. I never got to do it, and I still think I might do it. I would have done it if I had lived there. So what I wanted to do was the house that I was living in. Uh, if I if it was mine, I would actually build a. Uh, well, first of all, I would make uh, the heat, the way that the heat is really so cool. The way I figured this out is basically it's very simple. You add copper pipes. You run through the house. You run through the ceiling. Yeah. Maybe you go up and down a little bit. You go down into the ground, and you circulate it in the in the floors. So you don't have to do anything but fill it up with water, seal it up, cover the floor down and the ceiling. When it gets hot, it, hot it'll circulate, and when it gets cold, it'll naturally circulate the water and it heat up. The, so I did that. I wanted to do that with a greenhouse because that's the perfect way to heat your hot, heat your greenhouse the best. So I, I, one of the tips I give to people is grow put your greenhouse next to your house. Mm -hmm. Use the greenhouse, the house as a way to heat your greenhouse. So you want to have uh, the greenhouse at a certain temperature. You also want to play, place your greenhouse in the place where you get at least eight hours. That's right. Yeah. It's thermal thermal cycle. Cycle, right. It was just suck in the, the heat, circulate the greenhouse. And you have a, 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 a and the pool was great because I always had a, had a lot of moisture and humility. And the whole thing was cool. It has light. So that I had tomatoes growing for a, extended for a long time. In those days, I wasn't growing in the you know what, but I would have done that too if, if it was possible to to do it. Yeah, I did a greenhouse in Florida, which is very different in the sense that you don't have to worry about temperature because normally, if you live in a cold environment, you want to heat up your greenhouse. So yeah. it, do it in a very uh, non-destructive ways real simple just have the water circulate through your house through your roof and on the floor you'll find you always stay at a good a really cool temperature year-round you don't have to be heating it up or cooling it off <coughs> and your greenhouse of course should be part of that mm -hmm. and the greenhouse could be in, a, in a, at least eight hours uh, 12 hours would be ideal of sunlight you want to get at yeah. least as much direct sunlight you don't want it in the shade and you also want to put it in a place where the maybe uh, a lot of times you have to look to see how the winds blow, whether it's not in the, you may want it in the opposite side of the house, so that the house be the wind barrier rather than put the, right? And, and lots of other things determine where your greenhouse is going to be. But the trick is, is that you can grow uh, uh, not only year round, but you can go 24 seven if you really wanted to. If you yeah. really wanted to, with LED lights now you can, you can set it up with LED, LED lights so you, you have lights even at night because you don't have to turn it off. You can have a timer. You can have an on and off if you want to. Or you can follow the normal natural cycles uh, of growing. With me, when I, when I had a greenhouse, I ignored Mother Nature, and I started to just do it in whatever cycle I wanted to do. Well, what do you say there? I, you can take it out. Uh, so use solar gain or geothermal for heating slash cooling. We do a lot of that kind of thing up here in Canada, Andy, where 
uh, we have a greenhouse attached to the side of the house and you have a, a three to four season greenhouse and you're facing it in such a way so you're getting that solar gain during the day and it's actually helping to heat your your house um so it's kind of a, a catch-22 um, there's a lot of different ways there's a lot of wonderful videos and content out of creating these greenhouses where they basically heat themselves whether it's through deep geothermal uh, right. whether through it's a, an air system geothermal there's a lot of ways that especially you know in northern climates that that people are playing with and uh I've seen lemons, I've seen banana trees in, in Saskatchewan growing in, in minus 42 weather, um, and these banana trees are flourishing inside uh, in yes. northern Canada. There's lots of ways to be creative with the actual, actual structure. Yep. And if, you, if you're growing organically, you, you, mm -hmm. you, you're, you're much better off that way uh, rather than doing the chemical route. So what oh, you yeah. What you basically do, you have your own biology going on inside the greenhouse. But mm -hmm. depending on how you do it, whether it be raised beds or containers, you, you key into the, the health of the soil, regardless if it's in the ground or in the greenhouse. Especially in the greenhouse, you, you have, you're limited to how much soil is there. So you want to have yeah. a constant, yeah, constant, something good going on for the soil. You'll find that, that uh, then the only, only thing you need to do is to concentrate on the water, the clean water aspect of it in terms of hitting. So, and one of the things you could put here in the description is that, did you ever contact that water filter company to get their affiliation? Uh, no, you never sent me the link to them, Andy. Oh, I, I, I think, you know, well, that's my link. You can put my link. I will get the money, but you should call them up and say, I would like to be affiliate for your company, and you should put your link in there. Darn it. See what I'm saying? Well, yeah, but I'm not even sure which company, Andy, because you I haven't sent me you. that information yet. I will text it to you and so you can okay. know the name of the company. Because uh, this is a really cool company that uh, sells the filtration system very, very inexpensively. It's $1,900 as opposed to $10,000. That's a whole property filtration system. That's pretty damn cheap yeah. when you think about it. Yeah, and, and so you, in, in a greenhouse environment or even outside, you definitely want to control the quality of the water that's coming into your into your, yeah. your plants that makes a big difference they're, they're they're already restricted already being inside an environment like that so you definitely have to and i will also have a, a, a fertigation unit attached to that because that is so much easier having a fertigation unit when you have a greenhouse because you're only fertilizing the greenhouse you don't have to do a yeah. giant garden and the fertigation is exactly that it's, it's normally made for fertilizers or so fertilizers and irrigation see but yeah. You know, us organic people, we can we know how to how to do organics with with that device. It's called a fertigation unit. Yeah. The one the one I recommend, and I'm probably gonna have to talk to them about doing the the same affiliations thing. It's called Easy Flow. Easy Flow makes it really okay. easy to use, and it's very simple to use. And you can make your own liquids that go in there, which then go out to the through the water and increases yeah. the biology on a regular basis. And and because the, the water inside the fertigation units is not stagnant, water is constantly going through and coming out. It may be, well, maybe when the system is off, but when you turn it on, it circulates rather than normally if you put biology in a container, it, it eventually will blow up on you because there's so much pressure from inside. Uh, this yeah. is you know, every second, yeah, right. Recirculating waterfall pond peach. Now, I do have a question, Andy. Um, are you finding in your fertigation because you're using organics that you're getting biofilm and you have to clean things once in a while, or are <laughs> have you considered that already? Right. So, uh, what I what I learned to do with that is there are lots of different things you can run through your system that will naturally keep it clean, and mm -hmm. so you're going to have to figure out. Uh, they will they will clog on you, especially uh, mm -hmm. the, because it's a tiny little fertigation unit, for example, has a tiny really little opening in there that yeah. if, if it sits for too long, it'll, it'll clog itself. And so uh, what I do is I modify the, when you buy the fertigation unit, they're usually that one to one, 1,000 to one ratio. Okay. So what I do is I get a very, I get a small drill 
just a little bit bigger than the size of the hole it's there and drill the hole out a little bigger. So okay. it's, it's 100 to 1. But what it needs also that too is a lot easier to keep clean because it's not a tiny little hole that gets plugged up as a lot bigger one. But even then you still need to run something through it. And I find that vinegar works really good in terms of a diluted ratio to to clean up. Now, are we talking apple cider vinegar with, you know, a, a, a biological or just white vinegar, which is actually a petroleum product? Right. So the, the apple cider one is, is the ideal one to use. Okay. It, it won't, it, it, but the, the issue is really to is how you have it set up and if you, whether or not it's going through the, a drip system or a sprinkler system. So all those things you have to look and see because you can't really water your plants with vinegar but if you add a little bit of it on a regular basis it will do the job as well cleaning through but the bottom line is you probably will have to change if you do drips you may have to change your drip heads especially if they're like little misting things that twirl around yeah. i notice quite often that i get this green uh, uh green what is it green? Biofilm. yeah right exactly right grow yeah. grow there all the time and it's like it starts talking to you go well i guess i better clean that yeah, they, and that's something like I know we've got Super Nessa on tonight, and because he's doing deep water culture, he's actually changing his reservoir and cleaning on a regular basis so that he doesn't have that biofilm buildup and doesn't have uh, a problem with the materials coming through. Now, using organic, especially with you're using teas, um, having opening up that orifice on the emitter is definitely the the right thing. Or if you can buy an emitter that has a larger orifice than just the one to one hundred. Right, right. The 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 with, with this fertigation unit, they're, they're all made for fertilizers, and so they have a very okay. they're very tiny. You know, they're not made for biology, but you could you could modify the and it's made to handle pressure too. Uh, but they also have a, a non-pressurized one, which allows you to increase it even more because there's no pressure mm -hmm. involved. It's usually meant to go in the in the water hole spigot. Yeah. But if you if you happen to have it uh, hooked, so you you don't need to hook it in. You can actually hook it into the spigot and use it use it as a supplement and hook it up to your hose and water that way. That's, so that's, one, way you, you, that's one way you could do that. And then and then it, it bypasses the problem of going through your little drip lines and stuff like that. You should set it up separately and you water with that. You know, you have your drip line go off, and you actually what you're doing is fertilizing the biology through through it. So that's what yeah. I, I that's what I would do with my my setup. Have the cleanest water that can go through there with the filter and everything. Yeah. Even 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 if you get this city this filter filtration system, you're still going to have to clean the system up. But it will tend to to uh, many yeah, things will grow right. In there. right. Yeah. So, so ghetto hippie has a question is a, a acidic acid good for plants in small amounts yes you have to learn what a small amount is because remember the 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 mm -hmm. for me remember the law of the little bit so you want to do a little bit on a regular basis rather than a lot usually a yeah. good rule of thumb is a tablespoon per gallon is just fine okay tablespoon per gallon is just fine and what it does is that it reduces the ph down of the water you want yeah. the water to be slightly acid. It's not so much for us humans, which we want slightly alkaline. But you do want the water to be slightly acid. You'll get better uh, activity in the in the microbial life than if they were alkaline. Yeah. So you know he's talking basically about the fertigation yeah. lines, maybe ten percent peroxide water solution. I don't know if you want that hitting your plants either. No, so the, 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 the peroxides are good for cleaning, for cleaning yeah. the tips and stuff. So what, the, what I would do there is you take the, 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 the this, this, whether it be a mister or the drip, take them off and you soak them and clean them that way. You can put, you can rotate, you know, something you take off and then you replace it with something clean. You do have to do that because it, it, all your system will eventually get clogged up unless you're cleaning and or replacing it. And Super Nessa is planting by the, the phases of the moon. He's waiting for the full moon. Then the fun begins. He's going to be popping some new seeds. He was talking about the different strains that he has available to, to him right now. He's trying to pick the one that he wants to go with. 
I think it's so cool that you guys are, know how to do that. My favorite book is the uh, Old Farmer's Almanac. Yeah. I've always, always used that in terms of deciding when to plant and when to, you know, what crops, low crops or above ground crops uh, to plant. It's very, very interesting. And again, you learn, you learn, but after a while, you don't, you, you don't really need the old farmer's almanac. You just pay attention to nature. Yeah. That's now, the next question is from Corey, and it's back to, to flushing your lines. Can they be flushed with uh, labs or lactic acid bacteria? I don't really know that that would actually work, but I've never tried it. I don't I know, don't Andy, you? I think, I think it may, you may end up having more of a problem. Make, after make it worse. Yeah. Okay, so don't do that one. <laughs> or, or do it and then tell us if it worked or not. How's, how's that, that, would be, that would be what I would do. So uh, in terms of, so there, there are a few other things. So, so you always want to, uh, if you have a greenhouse, you want to make sure you're, make, you're making compost. Buying compost is not the way to go. Yeah. You want to be able to circulate all the biology you have right back into your, into your soil. Uh, you want to be able to have a, uh, it's essential to get your own little worm farm going right in the greenhouse. Very essential. Yeah. You, you have a constant source of liquid biology that you can start incorporating back into the into your greenhouse. You want it more so than in the garden. In the garden, you really do need it. Uh, but if, because it's hopefully in the soil, you, hopefully you have some in the ground. I mean, hopefully you have a nice big giant raised bed. But in the greenhouse, you really have to pay attention to uh, because it, those the biology will naturally die off in there. They will, if you leave them alone, there won't be anything there if you come back in 30 days or 60 days or you forget in a year, it's just nothing. You, you know what I'm saying? You have to cost. So the best there thing has is to be roots in the soil. There has to be moisture in the soil or else, yeah, the bi biology is just going to go into cyst and go to sleep. Right, and maybe even die, not even come back. I don't know. It's hard to say. But you do want to have a, a regular source of the of the of microbes, which is a little a small green a small worm farm is all you really need. It will yeah. be providing for you a basis. You can take a little bit from that worm farm and put it into all your containers yeah. on a regular basis. Put you know uh, put the, put a little bit in every container. Make sure it's 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 stirred in so that it's it's part. You'll find if you if you did that on a regular basis, after a while you'll find that. Everything will grow much, much. Oh, vermicompost rocks, it does. It really does. Yeah. And you'll find that the, the, you actually get really good at taking care of the worms, and the worms will produce an amazing garden for you. Yeah. Yeah, we've garden. actually had uh, several vermicompost experts or two vermicompost experts on with Leighton Morrison, uh, uh, you know, over the last few weeks. Um, but, yeah. You know, having your own worm farm and, and being able to access that. Like I, I'm doing worm casting tea uh, for for my feeding. And all I do is I have a constant uh, bubbler going and not uh, with an air stone, just a, a air flowing in through the water yeah. um, constantly. And I just keep using it and, and then re-upping uh, re it. And, you know, it, it's so much better to have living breathing biology you know flowing through your system and into your plants on a regular basis it's the way to go what i'm doing now for my place is i'm getting a uh, a beer a beer aerator machine yeah okay it's, it's a it's a it looks like a shape of a woman and, and it's, a, <laughs> it's a it's a it causes a vortex and it bubbles and so i'm going to start wormies are also wormies <laughs> i like wormies <laughs> And, yeah, and you, the better you get at, I, 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 I was showing a friend of mine today. He's a professor, um, and I, I look at my worm farms. I, I don't see, he said, I don't see any worms. I moved it a little bit, and there were the worms. Even though they were getting so much rain, they're still surviving. Yeah, and, and the, the worms. And so I'm going to be moving over to my place because I'm going to start a little production factory going. I'm going to have the the, the, the beer making machines about 15 gallons. I think a gallon of worm juice end up with 15 gallons of this amazing liquid. And yeah. I learned how to use the minerals to feed the work, feed the microbes. So by the time they get end up being used, they're highly mineralized, highly biologically active. And that's the yeah. key. And I'm going to be dumping it like crazy on my property. I already started doing it on the front and the back. Mushrooms mm -hmm. are growing in the front. Mushrooms are growing in the back. Well, 
The owner says, you got mushrooms going. What the hell is going on here? I said, relax. It's okay. Don't eat it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. <laughs> and that's what I'm doing at other people's property. But unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, I don't only go there once a month. But I live here. And so yeah. every day, today, for example, right outside here, I got about 10 buckets, those five-gallon buckets, right? Yeah. I let it rain overnight. It literally filled up the five gallons of those five-gallon buckets. Literally filled it right up. So I have my my warm tea that I'm pouring into each one of the buckets because it's nice, yeah. clean, still water. Stirring it all up, bubble aerating it, and it's going slowly but surely. It's going to go back out over the next few days, right back out to the garden. So you know when it rains, yeah. it's all gone. It's not, and then it disappears. It dries. This way, I get to use the water more, uh, more of that water. I already started energized. The, yeah, I started on the vegetables. I really like the, the tomato plants. Uh, are going nuts simply by giving them the biology that's highly mineralized. And I don't even really need to, you don't even need to fertilize it because that's the fer that's the fertilizer. Well, that's, yeah, you're giving them the building blocks they need to build A, more biology, and B, the cells of the plant. It, it's right. it's and a win-win. Exactly what the whole purpose is. So you don't even need fertilizers after a while if you, if you learn how to feed the worms and how the worms... Uh, produces amazing liquid and how the amazing outside in in your that that garden you have in behind you that greenhouse though that's something you need to be constantly adding because you don't have the excessive amount of soil and you're not tied into the earth you're in pots so that's the the caveat to that one say that again i miss it inside uh, of the I, greenhouse is that like egg uh, uh, fish eggs Caviar. <laughs> Did no. you say caviar? Yeah, in, in other words, you know, it's it. This is the way. Except under this circumstance, you you need to look at it this way. Yeah. So you you were saying something about the uh, I, I missed the part of outside, inside, outside, inside. What, well, what in, inside in the greenhouse, you're growing yeah. in pots. You're not right. connected to the overall soil system. Right, right. Because you were saying, you know, once you it's your soil is so far advanced, you really don't need to keep doing it. But, yeah, but inside of the greenhouse, you do. In the greenhouse, you do exactly yeah. right. Leave it yeah. alone. Eventually, it will deteriorate and gone, gone, gone. And I also find out even outside too. You under heavy under under uh, you know uh, normal environments here, like outside mm -hmm. of this garden. If I if I stopped putting the microbes in and the biology in, it's going to revert to whatever the natural state would be. And it's not necessarily what I want to have a garden because this mm -hmm. is an area here that normally trees live here. So it's not like oh, it could be the biology that can grow vegetables and stuff in unless I wanted to enhance the garden. Because a garden is not, a, a vegetable garden is not exactly what you find in the forest. Yeah. Right, so I try to have a specific thing going on here, uh, so that's why I have to. Because if, if I stop, it will revert back to where it was. Weeds will grow like crazy. Other things will grow, but not my vegetables, not my, not my fruit trees, not my flowers, not my roses. They won't like yeah. it here. You see, so that's that's what I'm trying to do is get it to to do with that what I wanted to grow in yeah. this area here. You know, the, this is probably the first time tomatoes have been growing here ever since it's been here. Nobody's grown tomatoes here or vegetables in this yeah. backyard here. Well, and that's one of the clues uh, that people need to understand is if you're growing tomatoes in the same basic row, the biology that the tomato needs is in that soil structure. So if you plant your tomatoes in the same spot next year, then a lot of the biology and the foundation is there already for that plant to, you know, get more in tune with the terroir in your local environment. Well, that might be true. That is true, except that there's a caveat to that too. Yes. And, and that is that being that you normally don't plant the same, like for example, in the garden, I, I, uh, it's not a good idea to plant tomatoes in the same area over and over and over again year after year. You want to plant them rotating where they in the garden where they're going to grow. And there are many reasons for that. Yeah. 
right? So what, same thing with all the different vegetables that you're growing. You don't want to grow the same thing in the same spot over and over again. You do want to rotate them so that different plants can come in there. And part of that is that if you're growing something that takes it from the soil, you grow something else that's putting it back in the soil rather than so. But it doesn't. Really, in the long run, if you're really, really good, like what I, I, I end up doing. I end up saying to myself, well. The reason why you don't want to plant the same thing over and over again is mainly because the tomatoes are going to take what they need over and over again if you know, and they're not going to put it back. Same thing with diseases, with the tomato, right, nutrition depletion, right? That's, that's very, very possible. But if you rotate it, you have different nutrition comes and goes. Some plants produce nitrogen. Other plants bring iron to it. So it's a nice blend to it. But... My thing that I end up doing, I end up saying, the heck with it. I can grow whatever I want in that same spot. I'm just going to make the soil so rich every time that, you know, so they can grow in there. That's, that's the key, that's, actually. That's the addition of compost, the addition of a new, new yeah. biology, keep going in there, keep pumping it to it. And, the, it, and anything will grow in any place in the garden. It's no longer important to really rotate them around. And then it comes back to what I said earlier, having that biology existing. But, you know, you look at there's a, a field, I think it's in Montana, of blueberries. Now, blueberries loves uh, an acidic soil yeah. Yeah. that over decades has taken over and has expanded out. And this is a wild blueberry patch that is acres upon acres upon acres. It's never ran out of the nutrients in the soil that it needed because it's got sand, silt, clay and it produces its own organic material that it drops in leaf every year to reinvigorate the soil so if you you want to do the tomatoes in this row this year okay you're going to do them in the next row the next year take everything that you would compost out of that and compost it in that next row because then you're adding the biology from the tomato plant into that next row in the compost well that's just that yeah, yeah. Well, that's actually that's 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 absolutely great. Uh, my only my only thing I would say with that is that you have to be careful if well they're healthy, no problem. If there's healthy, no yeah. diseases involved. No, if there's a disease, and you're also going to transmit the disease down mm -hmm. the road. So you have to. You, so if it's basically disease, you don't you you want to stop that process and and actually compost your soil, run it through your compost system, get rid of the disease. Uh, a lot mm -hmm. of times what you actually do is blend some new compost in with your soil. That will get rid of the disease as well. So, right? So that that's what you want to do. You want to pass on the disease, but if you are, again, bringing in new compost, amending the soil on a regular basis, and in the greenhouse is even more so. That's why people have oh, yeah. a wide variety of aphids and Wi-Fi problems and stuff because there, there's no biology in the soil or not as good. It, it could mm -hmm. be beefed up some more. Uh, there are lots of stress, lots of conditions that make it difficult for, so you have to make sure that all the proper nutrients are there and in the right proportions as well. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you, trace minerals. sometimes you screw up in that and all of a sudden you don't have, you have a trace mineral deficiency. So usually yeah. the way it always works is that if you ever have a pest or a disease, you know you have something, you have an issue with your nutrition. You have an issue mm -hmm. with, with trace minerals. You have to say, well, what am I doing different? Sometimes it's just a simple thing as planting something different, like a different genetic, different type of tomato. Uh, so the genetics a lot of times have a play a big role in what nutrients they can absorb or what they can't absorb. Mm -hmm. you know, so, maybe, so the genetics sometimes will need require a certain pH to be right for them to make that happen. Well, like like the blueberries has to have that, that exactly high, right. acidic soil. Exactly right. So if yeah. that piece is there and they happen to be doing everything the right way, then it, it's self-sufficient. That's what you want. Well, Mother way. Nature had it right, Andy. She grows a plant, lets the seeds fall, and then that plant grows there the next year. Yeah, exactly right. And so there, there, there are lots of lots of things we can learn from Mother Nature and make it work for us. Mm -hmm. And that's what we that's what we want to do in the long run. And a greenhouse yeah. is. For me, it's going to be essentially important as as climate change gets harder and harder. So when you're out there at a hundred, a thousand degree temperature, you better have a greenhouse to grow indoors. I don't know, and I think I'd want my greenhouse probably about uh, uh, you know 
four or five hundred feet underground to stay cool from that thousand degree temperature. Well, interesting enough, the, the 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 if I had my choice, I would live in a mountain. Yeah. Literally, would live in a mountain. I would yeah. find a mountain. A friend of mine has a mountain, and the reason why it started because it had a, had a little drip of water, fresh water in the mountain to indicate. Yeah. So he started digging in there. He, he made a room for it. Dug another room out. Another room this way. Uh, cool. A ceiling so you can see the lights. And the temperature could be 98 degrees outside. It's it's a cool 70-something in, in indoors year-round. And he has yeah. uh, mirrors that take the light and ch channel them into the house, you know. And there's yeah, running like that's water. what the Egyptians did. There's running water in there. Well, yeah. You know what I, did? I didn't do right? I didn't look at the comments. Oh, my God. Look at all the comments. Wow. <laughs> You guys are having a little party of silly going nuts with all these people. She's corralling them. Oh my goodness, silly. <laughs> now we up. had a statement from Perpetual I wanted to bring up. Tomato plants will always get uh, a uh per, I can perfume. Pytophora. Pytophora? Pytophora. Okay, a, infestation. Get rid of them, do not compost. Do you agree with that, Andy? Okay, well, see, here's the thing. So it, it, it has to do with the pH. Uh, mm -hmm. the, and remember, the certain environments have to be, certain conditions have to be there. And the phytophthora is a very particular one that is very easy, very, very rapidly growth. Um, people usually get phytophthora if they're non organic, chemically based. So I don't know if this person here. What's the last what's the name of the person that did the? Uh, it, it's perpetual. perpetual. Yeah. Well, so are you organic perpetual? You can tell us if you want to. You can email me and say no, I'm not organic. Uh, well, I think you worked in in a um, uh, a large greenhouse facility. I'm not sure if he still does, but I believe that. Uh, yeah, not organic. That's what's going to happen because we need yeah. to have a certain type of biology there. To stop them from stop it from happening. He says See, both, and you can't really do both. You can't do both. You can't say I'm organic and I use chemicals. But basically, you're a chemical. You're organic, then you're organic. If you're not 100 percent organic, then yes, you're going to have. Let's say you're 99 percent organic. That one percent is going to get you every time. And Phytophthora is is a bacterial disease, but the bacteria needs certain conditions, and one of the main conditions it needs is. Certain trace metals are missing. Simple as that. Certain trace metals are missing. And, the and that's where your refractometer would come in handy, you know, because then they could see the complex sugars in, in how healthy the plant is. Through so in that. the tomato plant, exactly. So in the tomato, it's perfect for that because you also measure what you do is you do the tomato plants mm -hmm. rather than the tomato. That gives you an yeah. indicator of what's going on with the plant. So when you in, in a tomato in a tomato it should be at least 12 12 14 16 18 the higher the risk rating the less you're going to get that phytophthora and the phytophthora basically it goes back down to it's a soil disease ph is wrong uh, usually people are not using filtered water for example the city water will cause this problem more than anything else because it also inhibits and, and also too uh, like I would, I would ask this person more information. Okay, so what are you feeding your plants? If you're using anything with high nitrogen, it's no good. Well, I grow in pots, but I can't feed fully organic living soil. I'm not sure if I understand why. Actually, he says it, it kills organic grows, tomatoes and potatoes, as they don't spray. Actually, I, I've been organic all my life. I've never, never had a problem with anything like that. So... Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the health of the soil and the biology and the plants themselves. Right. Um, if they're the going to get any type of disease. And the chemicals are bad. So you use just a yep. little bit of chemical. Usually what happens, and correct me if I'm wrong, some type of high nitrogen urea-based fertilizer. Not ammonia-based, but urea-based fertilizer mm -hmm. causes this problem. And there are certain bacteria that their job is to protect from these type of diseases. If they're not there, those diseases will go rampant because nothing's stopping them. And yeah. you can't use both. My experience has been every time 
you talk, you dig into a little more. Well, tell me exactly what you're fertilizing. I would love to know what type of fertilizer you use. You're going to see that it's not, it's urea-based fertilizer. And the urea-based fertilizer causes, as I explained it before, high nitrogen fertilizer inhibits, yeah, yes, yes, man, not urine. Urine is different. See, feeding urine is different than urea. Urea, mm -hmm. U-R-E-A. Urine is what comes out of animals. Urea was named after urine because it has a nitrogen. They figure it's the same thing. It's not. Urea is 6400. High nitrogen. High nitrogen fertilizers inhibit the absorption of trace minerals, specifically the exotic trace minerals. They never get, they never get those. So the plant goes into a stress mode, and as soon as it goes into stress mode, it reduces the ability to fight off the disease because this disease has to have these conditions in the soil. So that means that the biology is not there in the soil to protect it from this disease. And what it in means the soil is, or the plant. It also means that the variety of the tomatoes that are growing are not genetically grown organic properly. If they were grown, if you were getting genetically heirloom organic tomatoes, you're not going to get this problem over and over again. Genetic, that means that genetically they do not handle high nitrogen fertilizer. They don't use high nitrogen fertilizer in, in the organic industry. But the highest you can maybe get is a six, mm -hmm. not 64. Do you know what I mean? And so that, that's a big that's a big problem. You have to relate that. Why do I have and phytophthora? not just in tomatoes, in a variety of other plants. We all have the same problem. They're not being totally 100% organically grown. If you talk to any farmer, Organic farmer, do you have a problem with five property? I'll say, hell no. The next door neighbor has it and these chemicals. So yeah, it's it's a it's a chemical problem. And I think it's not really the soil's problem, it's the owner's problem, the person's problem. Mm -hmm. It's like you know, he's hooked on using that chemical because he thinks it it makes the tomatoes grow better. Right. Mm -hmm. So and he's he's probably think the owner. You know of the of the, of the places. So well, it's cheaper to get all this stuff because this fertilizer doesn't cost anything, whereas organic costs a lot more. Something where uh, somewhere on those lines, usually the chemical stuff is like incredibly cheap. So yeah, yeah so it's a money situation that that it, it does that. And organic is not necessarily cost more; it's your knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the well, I know, like I, I know, I had Josh on from BioAg, and and they sell biostimulants, yeah. which actually, uh, you know, helps uh, stimulate the biology by giving things the building blocks. Um, and he was talking on on some stuff where they're cutting back the amount of fertilizers that they have to use because they're they're stimulating everything uh, up front with the the uh, products that they're using. But they're still using a chemical fertilizer. It doesn't make any difference the amount of chemical fertilizer you use. If you're 99% organic and 1% chemical, that what think of it as the tip of the spear. You may have the most powerful spear in the world, but mm -hmm. that tip, if it's weak, it'll, it'll ruin the whole spear. And that's what that's yeah. exactly what happens. People have to yeah. be committed to be a hundred percent organic. 100% on these, no chemical fertilizer whatsoever, no urea base whatsoever, no pesticides, yeah. no fertilizer, none of that stuff. You have, and so it's really a drug that the person is, is using, giving excuses, well, it's cheaper, I, I, I would not be able to be in business. No, you can compete in business, but you just have to learn by cooking. You just have to learn biology is cheap. Yeah. The biology is cheap. You don't have to pay Armour Lake for bio. So if you get clean, key into the biology first, yeah, let the biology feed everything, you don't have to worry about it. You just have to come up with a small amount of things to feed the biology. Yeah. yeah perpetual, perpetual is from Europe, and he wanted to point out two years ago, it killed 80% of the commercial organic potato harvest in Holland. But it's just, and, and he's saying that you know it, it seems that uh, it's more proliferant there than in the USA. It's because they've been using those soils and hurting, you know, killing the biology in those soils for decades and decades. And they're organic. When you people say organic here, we know that 
you know, there's organic chemicals and pesticides and fertilizers that aren't truly organic. They're just certified organic. That's what happened there. It had nothing if it, well, I, I'm not going to get into it. Also, too, also, too, it's, it's just because you're organic doesn't mean you're, you're, you're recycling the soil properly. Yeah. So more than likely what happens is they, they grow organically. That means they don't use any chemical fertilizers or pesticides. But they don't, they're not, are you making compost? Are they making compost? Are we amending the soil? I bet you not. They're just planting, harvest, planting, harvest. Soil is good. That's their definition of organic. So what happens is, yeah, yeah you get a major depletion in the biology. The biology disappears. And in organic material and everything that takes their life to really be there. If they were really doing it right, what I would do, since they have 10 acres, I would say, okay, two or three acres, I lay fallow. I mean, so I'm going to just let yeah. the body take over. And I'm going to rotate what I grow and what becomes fallow. But if you just grow, 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 and don't put anything back in again, it won't be long before there's nothing there that they, they can take out of it. And what, that's what happens with the phytophthora or any other type of disease go rampant. And on top of that, they use it. What's in their water? Mm-hmm. Right? What's and what water? are they spraying on those crops that, you know, is killing the biology that's supposed to be there to protect it. If you have a healthy plant, you don't have those problems. And organic, what, what are they, what are they spraying? Because they, they can't say I'm organic, but I spray a little of this. Mm -hmm. Right? So I'm organic, but I spray malathion. It's like, okay, yeah, right. So you're, and I know a lot of chemical companies that were organic, but we all yeah. are using this or that chemical. Or yeah. this chemical. You know, so it's, and that's what happens. So whenever you, azomite is a very good. Well, one of the things I like about well, azomite is excellent all around uh, the trace minerals with some yeah. rocks. Uh, azomite is deficient in calcium. Two percent deficient calcium. in calcium. Two percent calcium. Okay. So you need to supplement that. You need to complement it. Complement is the best word. Another rock dust that. Higher in calcium, so I I use azomite azomite no I use the agrimin azomite comes from Colorado agrimin comes from here in California agrimin is thirty percent calcium put the right. two together uh, while while I'm being by the boat that's why you want to get a couple of different sources of rock dust not just one so you get one azomite is good so get colloidal rock phosphate or good get glacial rock dust phosphate or even go to uh, remineralization.org. It's a really cool organization. They have resources. Look at all the different sources of rock dust oh. in your in your state. Or maybe ideal stuff is to buy stuff locally. You know, you're not just yeah. Try to get a couple of different varieties, and that's why I also also mentioned really fast C90, SCA90, 90 trace yeah. minerals. It's basically mm -hmm. a salt. So. You, Try to get a couple of different other blends. Don't just go with one thing because you know you're going to be deficient and you're going to be having problems down the road. Yeah. A, a good base of everything that you can possibly get is going to be better because you're giving the availability to the biology to build biology that may not even be in the system because there was something missing that they couldn't actually exist in your system. It's like, you know, uh, you can never have genetic potential in your plant if you don't have all the building blocks that give the plant the option to have genetic potential. Normally, the building blocks should be there if, if you allow sure. Mother Nature to do her thing. Yeah. So right now, we're interfering with the way that happens. So she's not able to recycle totally the way she recycles the minerals. So it's up to us to supplement that with this way you know that, you, that the biology has all the trace minerals they need and you got the good biology. that's why a good worm farm is very easy to do get and you don't want to feed them rock dust they'll die if you just give them rock dust that's very yeah. awesome so you want to learn how to give them you, that's what compost is you add your compost you make the compost and then use the compost and you feed them the worms the liquid you know you put the compost into the ground you spray it with your liquid and you find the yep. two when they get together, it's amazing. And you don't have to worry, excuse me, have to worry about what trace minerals you know they're all there. Yeah. Now I have a question, Andy. You know, do you know anybody in Europe that is has a an alternative 
for C90 because like it's really hard for them to get C90 uh, in Europe. Do you know anybody over there that has a, a comparable what, product? What I would do is just look up trace minerals, local sources of trace minerals. You'll find in Europe there's lots and lots of really cool uh, different types of rock dust you can get just from that area, which cool. I have without having to ship across the world because they do cost a lot. Just say, yeah. um, serious, what are my local sources of trace of rock dust? in this area and then let, let do a search you'll find that tons and tons i i i i, I can get them easier just do the internet search you'll find lots of but man you're gonna pay 100 bucks to get 20 pounds shipped to you yeah so you know what so if you live there that's the, that's another story like in canada you can say i live in canada show me the local sources of rock dust here and you'll find out that's why readmineralize.org i would go there because you look up your country I just saw that you look up your country and it tells you what what sources are there. Remineralize.org. It's time to go. I know. Yep. Guys, that's it. You know, uh, thanks everybody for coming. Uh, we'll see you on this show next Wednesday. Uh, we'll be doing another RD here in the next few days. Uh, and then of course the OGs and the soil matters this coming Monday. Um We'll see what happens on Monday. You never know what's going to happen, guys. Love you all. going to be as a guest on my show. I'll let you guys know we're doing a live stream. Yeah, we're going to be doing that soon. So we'll let you know on, on a date next Wednesday. We'll let you know the date where I'm going to go and do an interview on Andy's channel where he's going to be the host and I'm going to be the interviewee. Should yes, be interesting. Sir. Yes, sir. Then you'll, see right. then you'll see what it's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, peace out, everybody. We'll see you soon. Peace out, man. Bye now.